Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Through the Tech Vine. So be quiet, pay attention, and get inspired. There is one truth that is not told enough. Technology is not magic, but it can be magical. Technology is human. It is part of who we are, our evolution, our future. Will it be a dystopian or utopian one? Well, that is up to us and nobody else. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Happy 2222. Wait, you're 200 years ahead of us. I know. I see your life is working well again, Marco. You're living in the future. I have a reason. I have a reason. I want to be optimistic about 2022, but I it may get longer than that. So I just jumped 200 years. Okay. All right. And we'll talk about the technology from that time. All right. And you know what technology we're going to have? Uh, I think we can make some guesses. Okay. Is it that one big be, monolith be or a bunch of parts? <laughs> It'll just be a monolith, like a big monolith that comes from space. <laughs> we all find that, and it's going to resolve all the problems. It's like a big have. heavy blanket laying on top of us. Space Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, or a big blinder so we don't see what's going on. <laughs> don't knock those heavy blankets. Those are really very comforting. I like the heavy blankets. I do, I do too. Do you have one of the ones that's got the beads in it, or is it just? The I heavy? don't have any, but uh, okay. I would someday. I'll probably get one. He, he's <laughs> dreaming of it. I it's see. Like, he's all cold, like lighting matches at the corner of the street, and right. dreaming, <laughs> dreaming of a heavy blanket. I couldn't justify the expense oh. of a of a proper heavy blanket, so I just grabbed a bunch of rocks and I threw them <laughs> on top of my. Uh, my comfort. Blanket. It's a Charlie Brown approach. <laughs> this is worse than Charlie Brown. Do, do you guys watch the Charlie Brown Christmas? Is that part of your uh, tradition? No. Yeah. No? Yeah. Diane? Charlie Brown Christmas, the, the the Halloween, the Great Pumpkin one, where all yeah. he gets is rocks. Yeah, you do. We, <laughs> I mean, at, not every year. Um, this year we were scrolling around and one of the streaming channels indicated to us that a festive holiday traditional classic was Fantastic Mr. Fox, the Wes Anderson movie. So we're like, sure, we'll start a new tradition. I don't know what Fantastic Mr. Fox has to do with Christmas, but, you know. Well, you there are certain f- movies that apparently they are Christmas tradition or holidays traditions. And I got nothing to do. I, uh, I think Die Hard is one of those. I can't really think that as a holiday tradition, but some people apparently they they watch that over the holiday. It does take place at Christmas time because there's that big yeah, Christmas but, uh, party that they're all having. Okay, well it's it's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> okay, I, I concur. It is in fact a stretch, but that's uh, but although Ed always contends that. It's a Wonderful Life isn't a holiday movie because other than that it happens at Christmas, it's really not about Christmas. True. I got to give that so, to. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's a very festive series, Diana. What? Yellow Jackets? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I oh, went please. back after our last episode. and uh, You watch our, it? Our, our Through the Tech Vine end of year episode where Diana was mentioning that. And I have to say, got into it. Oh, yeah. 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 Mind you, <laughs> well, mind you uh, the, the eating hasn't begun yet. I, I, I'm not sure other than the pilot eating <laughs> that we're going to see any additional eating in this, in this, because apparently they only get to winter by the end of, of this one. But I think they're, we're definitely seeing the unraveling that could lead to the eating. I was going to say buon appetito. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't know if we want to go there. Talking about that, there was a show that we actually ended up watching. It's, our tradition now is to talk a little bit about TV or whatever when we start. So here you go. We got addicted to a school of chocolate, which is kind of like one of those chef competition that uh, it's all about chocolatiers. And there is this French artist. I believe he has a residency in some big restaurants in Las Vegas. And this guy make, he makes masterpieces made Ooh. of all edible chocolate from chandeliers to candles that you can light. And then the creams come out of it and, and incredible sculptures like four feet tall and, and unbelievable. So we got hooked to that. So I feel chocolate, it's kind of holiday-ish. So mm -hmm. we, we ended up watching that. It is. And it, when they make things like if to hold candles, the chocolate doesn't melt? Uh, no. Uh, okay. they, they light it momentarily. And then there is that uh, what they call the hoosin in, in uh, pastry, where the cream just leaked out when you open uh, the oh. pastry. And so there is the, that effect of the candles kind of waxing down. And uh, it, it was incredible. I mean, honestly, it was like looking at some something should have been in a in a museum yeah. unbelievable so yeah if you want to catch that i i think it's on netflix not paying for the advertisement of course i wonder if is there a name for art that is designed knowing that it will expire soon like you know there's a whole bunch you know makeup is something that's that's very artistic but it's like drag right but it, it's other than in a photo it won't exist it's not like a painting ah, okay maybe Food. i would call it ephemeral art but i don't I, I don't know if i just made that up or, <laughs> or I like that. actually it's cool right yeah so yeah. it's it's made to it's made to disappear you have yeah. to catch it in the moment or eat art. it in the moment. Art that won't like, last. Yeah. It get, get smart has that. This message will self destruct. <laughs> this, this art will self destruct. Oh, you it. Enjoy yeah. it. I saw that actually. That you, that you mentioned this. I remember there was uh, there was an app that mostly kids were using that the, the message will disappear, but then it wasn't really disappearing because people, of course, can make a screenshot. And I believe that if it's on the internet, it's there somehow. But uh, I noticed on Instagram that now you can have the the vanishing post. Um, mm. I haven't really looked into that, but hey, that that can be that ephemeral art we're talking about. That's true. It just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. It, although you're right with the internet, if people cap screen cap, because I think it's Instagram stories that that go away. But sometimes people will screen cap and and then narrate what was going on. So they create yeah. they create some some level of and was it that, Snapchat where people were just yeah Snapchat the Snapchat yeah, was the one you were thinking of the other one yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that's what I was thinking about and I don't know why people do believe that <laughs> they can actually take back stuff there are many cases where you know posts that they're not meant to be and maybe in the urge of the moment and then people think it over I'm like eh. I guess I guess don't 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 drink on social media. Would <laughs> be a good a good idea. Oh, you know what's funny though is that you're right. There's it seems like we can't even somebody who maybe overserved themselves on New Year's Eve and and put up some post. You know, they feel they feel like it's going to haunt them the rest of their life. But then some things do disappear that you wouldn't expect. And speaking of movies, have you guys ever heard of the movie Two Hundred Cigarettes? 200 cigarettes? No. Yeah. I heard of 16 candles, but not 200. No, 200, 200 cigarettes. It's um, Courtney Love and Paul Rudd are the main characters. And it's a bunch of people in New York. Christina Ricci comes in with her cousin from Long Island, meets Casey Affleck at a party. Um, Kate Hudson's going on a bad blind date. Uh, ben Affleck is in it as a bartender. It's like it's got these stars. It only came out at the end of the 90s but you can't stream it. And there are DVDs people are selling on eBay for like a hundred, 200 bucks of this movie. And it's just flabbergasted me. How can this movie that's got 
all these stars that is not even 25 years old is unavailable. And then yet, as you were commenting, Marco, somebody did something on New Year's Eve that they'll never be able to erase from the internet. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, so this is actually taken off the distribution completely for... Was it the title? I'm going to do a Google right now. We search. we can't find it. So we actually have the DVD, but we have no way to play DVDs anymore. Um, but, you yeah, know, it's, 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 it was our New Year's, speaking of movie traditions, it was our New Year's Eve tradition because it takes place on New Year's Eve. Um, Dave Chappelle's in it, Martha Plimpton. It's, it's really fun, but you can't, you can't like stream it. All right, cool. I, I just found it on, on, uh, on Google, so on Wikipedia. So I'm going to document myself. About I have never heard it, to be honest. Never. It's a 1999. Yeah, you just said that right at the end of yeah. the end of the... Yeah, so maybe how it did expire. Maybe it had an expiration yeah. date. The, the century. That's right. Limited. <laughs> it's it's December, ephemeral art. <laughs> December 31st, 1999. <laughs> Puff, and it goes away. It's gone. Cool. All right. Well, Sean, is there anything that like an old, uh, I don't know, like an old movie that, that you still have a tape, maybe even if you don't, don't have a VHR <laughs> player anymore? Um, I, I do have that. That's why I'm asking. Ah, boy. I have, uh, well, you know, I, I, I keep a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Some might call it hoarding. I call it collecting. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have vinyl and tapes and cds and i've even kept a few of the a few of the devices around that uh, that allow those mediums to uh to be experienced but uh i don't know if i have a specific movie or not um, all right let me let me ask yeah. you this and, and we die we start diving into technology uh, because it's something that we had an episode a while back it wasn't through the tech vine it was a usual gathering when we got together with a bunch of friends like uh you know chris roberts and and uh, rick mcelroy and diana i think you've been on one of those yeah. two. And we were just like yeah. think about the future the past and the vintage technology so yeah connected to this sean and and diana like why would you keep these things in technology i mean do you do it because a good memory, do you think is going to grow in value? Uh, do you is what what is the the thought to make you keep something without being a hoarder? Of course, hmm. I'm not a big keeper generally. If it's not in use or it's got you know, family important sentimental value, I tend to be like, well, let's let's keep going. But I do love seeing their like, computer museums where I'm like, oh yeah, I played with that when I was a teenager. I was using that one. Um, so I like to see it when there are museums of, of this kind of, of keeping it. But I actually, I don't keep stuff for posterity's sake, sake basically. Not technology, at least. I mean, are, hmm. you, are you teasing me about the, uh, the Blackberry stuff marco i think keeping he's playing it without saying i think it's all connected in my head because that, that, <laughs> that post that i did you commented and then uh andrew brandt he he, he invited he wanted to talk about uh ham radios and you know that's such we're, a we're great, gonna do that we're gonna have an episode on ham radios that's right i'm gonna be teasing about that and i mentioned the joke of the gramophone or <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess it's in my head because of that so go for it you, do you really have still a book Barry, well, the question is: Isn't do I still have it? Is how many? <laughs> <laughs> is that do you, do you still use it? <laughs> I don't still use it, and that that was my my response to your post: Is that <laughs> that it was? Yes, I enjoyed the keyboard, and and that's about it. <laughs> I think the, the experience beyond that was kind of crap. But what I did, <laughs> what I did like about it yeah. was this the service that I got. Now I. I got this phone through an employer and uh, it was early BYO, uh, bring your own device supplier, I guess corporate owned, but given to me. I don't know what you'd call that. But anyway, it, it came with an unlimited global data service, mm -hmm. which uh, when, when traveling internationally, mm. 
when yeah. we could do that at one point was huge. Yep. Being able now you couldn't do much with the phone because it you, you couldn't watch videos or anything mm. easily on that device. But by getting emails and and exchanging documents and things like that, all on unlimited with no caps on. If you reach this point, we're gonna throttle you down to uh, an uncomfortable level. Um, but anyway, I that's the one thing I do miss. Why I keep the phones. It was easier to just ditch it into a drawer than try to recycle or do something else with it. Mm. But uh, and a bit of nostalgia there too. But beyond that, who knows what? Yeah, I uh, I I feel the same. But but I think I think my parents do it for other reason because they say we got room, so we'll just put everything in the in the garage. Uh, I'm pretty. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that when I go there, there is a drawer where there is my first Nokia phone. That was a brick. I think the battery lasted like maybe three hours or something like that. You had to pull out an antenna. I don't remember the serial <laughs> number or the model, but it was, uh, I think it was one of those next step from from the luggage that you will carry that you see in the movies in the 80s. But uh, it was kind of cool at the time. And it, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't not kept it, but it's kind of cool when I see it. it just like trig memories and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, but hey, everything is coming back. There is a band that I heard that a DJ was presenting um, on. Um, I was driving around and they said they, they gave him, they sent him a tape of the new album. I don't remember the band, but. <laughs> the tape. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like. Like a cassette tape? This, yeah. The cassette okay. tape is like. This is great. Now I need to go buy a tape player. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, here in LA, you you see a lot of store vintage uh, record store that they actually do uh, refurbish old uh, player for tapes, and 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 uh, it's kind of cool. I I like it. I mean, I I don't know if I'm gonna buy one, but that's pretty cool. Nostalgia, right there. <laughs> I sort of get the nostalgia for vinyl and vinyl coming back, but I I, I got to say cassette tapes because the biggest benefit of cassette tapes was that you could record the vinyl and it was more portable. You can't go walk in with your record player uh, or running with it, but we have that now. With it. So I, I come on, I'm, I'm struggling with why to bring don't, back the. Like don't you track. miss? Don't you miss to have to get a pencil and speak <laughs> it in? The in the dents of this of the <laughs> of the cassette and having to re-roll it because it got all messed up inside the tape and and you're like crossing your finger that your your mix that you did is not it's funny be i was i was cruising around uh the internet looking at stuff and i came across a uh, i think it was a workflow diagram and and the way it landed on the page it had a plus on one side and a little uh like a hexagon on the other side and just the way it landed on the page, it looked like a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that looks like a cassette tape. I was like, that's kind of, kind of lame, but who cares? Well, you know, some people may not be able to have that memory because it, uh, it was they... art and I'm going to forget it. There you go. You're uh, So my favorite with cassettes like sometimes when the battery ran down people would go and i remember being in in high school hanging out with my friend from latvia who uh, was we were just listening to music in the courtyard of the school and he was listening to that trio song you know da 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 you don't love me i don't love you and he was singing along to it but as the, the cassette slowed down he just slowed he didn't go oh my battery's dry so he just went, was going da 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 <laughs> It just went from 78 to 45 <laughs> to 33 <laughs> RPM. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I, I love this. I, I think we, we need to do another show that we talk about uh, all technology, vintage, that it's coming back. I, I always love to talk about that. I think that's a sign of aging. <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Let's move into... Maybe what caught our attention nowadays? I see really weird nicknames on the below the <laughs> avatar, and uh, so let's let's get it started, Diana. New Year, same tradition. 
All right. So my word actually doesn't have to do much with uh, or anything with what I was going to talk about for tech, but I just thought it was such a cool word um, that I wanted to bring it in. So on Tuesday at let me get the exact time at 1.52 a.m. on Tuesday this week, it was the perihelion moment and our perihelion day was Tuesday. And that just means that as the the world creates the ellipse uh, orbit around the sun, that there's a moment when we're as close to the sun, we're, we're 3 million miles closer to the sun at that moment than at our farthest point. And so that was this Tuesday at 1.52 a.m. And there's a name for that and it's perihelion. Very right. cool. Diana brought the tradition to the show that I tried to get started at the very beginning. <laughs> Bring a word. <laughs> Bring a word. Um, but the, the tech I wanted to talk about is uh, projection TV and what's going on with projection TV. Because what we've had in the past is you have to get very far away from where you're projecting to. You often need to have a special screen for it. So you, you can get a really cool picture, but you, then you also have to have a big projector that's hanging suspended from the ceiling. And I love TV. I love big TV, but I hate the look of them. So I always kind of wish that you could just fold up the television when you're done and put it away. So projection TVs appeal to me because you could maybe move the screen up. And if you had a really fancy, I guess, system, you could then have the projector move up into the ceiling. But recently I've been pretty excited about a technology called ultra short throw. And with ultra short throw, TV or UST, you're able to do that pro projection. You still do need to have a screen, a special screen, but you can get 4K resolution with only a few inches away from the screen. The screen can project, you know, like 70 inches, 100 inches, like a really massive television. So if you had the wall space, you could now put an ultra short throw fairly close to that wall and be able to have a uh, projection, which I have been thinking was really, it's like, what are they going to think of next technology? You know, I, when I think about, you know, how could we incorporate that into our house? And can we finally get rid of, of these big television screens, these big black mirrors that we all have? And then I read yesterday about Samsung, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to promote just them, but they're the ones that have come out with this tech. They've got something called um, the Freestyle, and it's this tiny uh, projector that doesn't even run, you, you, you run it off of battery and it's completely mobile and you can just set it up anywhere. And they've, they've corrected for a lot of things that make projection television difficult. Like if you put it on its side, it's smart enough to figure out, oh, I got to straighten up this, this uh, uh, projection. So it's going to be straight for people. Um, it's not it's, it's not ultra short throw. So you do have to get, if you want a hundred inch screen, you're going to have to get eight point eight to nine feet away from, from the, the screen or from the wall. It also corrects. It doesn't need a special screen, but since it's so tiny, it's like basically looks like a radio mic. And then you can get this beautiful projection nine feet away if you have enough space and it, it corrects color corrects. You can supposedly can throw the image against a painted wall wall and it will figure out and correct the colors so that you don't need a, a pure white wall. So I am just, I'm super excited. So it was out at CES this week. I don't think it's available to buy yet. I think they're just taking pre-orders and I'm still trying to figure out, could you hook it up to something like a Roku? They do have all the Samsung apps so you can stream through Samsung, but like what if you, if you have Roku and you wanted to use that? I don't know what all the different tech details are, but that's pretty cool that something the size of a microphone can become your projector and give you a hundred inch television on a wall. And then when it's off, it's off. Nice. A hundred inch TV is pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and the, did, you, did you mention the resolution? Yeah. It, can, it can go 4K. 4K. Okay. Wow. I remember it was probably 20 years ago now to date myself, but I was working with a client and we were doing a bunch of work all over Europe and, we were actually, I can't remember how many shops we went into looking for what you just described. And they had little, <laughs> little cube projectors that you could buy and none of them seemed to work well. They were always skewed or like you said, weren't bright enough or the yeah. colors are always wonky or yeah, the resolution wasn't great on them either. But, uh, and, and the connectivity to, yep. um, to the device was a big deal. This is a, uh, yeah, Windows was the primary device in business at the time, and 
Well, yeah, I'm not an expert, but <laughs> isn't the resolution always been the issue with the projection? Yeah, I think so. So 4K projected on any surface, and you mentioned that it adapts to to the color and everything. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Is that yeah. AI that does the adapt? Uh, of course. It's smart tech, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Like a little elf? A little elf inside the machine? <laughs> it's nanotechnology. It's, yeah, it's the, the tiny little projectionist that lives inside. The, so let's the talk room. about this, because I, I immediately see a use case here that I think could be really cool, especially okay. um, where the, the, the swath of destruction took place a few weeks back with the, the tornadoes. I'm picturing a drone or something connecting or cruising around looking at places and and having a nice big screen where a large group mm -hmm. of people could be viewing the footage from the drone looking for survivors, people and dogs and animals and pets and things and perhaps even micro cameras looking inside wreckage to uh, to spot things and having a a big giant screen where many people can be looking at the same thing at the same time yeah. in the spot. Right? It doesn't work if you have to have a special screen, of course, but I don't know. I was just thinking a cool. Yeah, and the, the portability of it, the fact yeah. that you can do that in any given places, yeah. like on, yeah. A build, on a building wall or, yeah, that's. No, I, I think you're right. That is interesting because yeah, when you when you're responding in a crisis, you're not going to necessarily be able to bring big TV screens with you or even big screens. But if it can project and be viewable on a number of different surfaces, yeah, I, I saw some reviewer. They said, oh, you know, Samsung's wacky millennial-focused projector, and I'm thinking, I don't think it's wacky. <laughs> I'm definitely not a millennial, and I'm super excited about it. I have a credit card. Where do I go? <laughs> Yeah, um, I do. I, th I think that it, it, it is interesting, Sean. I, I think that there could be a lot of different things that it could be useful for beyond just watching Yellow Jackets and so, the big screen. I don't remember where I saw this, but um, well, I was looking at the CES, and there is like all this foldable technology where you know it, it started to try. I think Samsung again. I, I have one. I have wacky. a foldy phone. Have, yeah, so you have, have a foldy a, phone, a flip, but there yeah. is also now the laptop. I saw that it, it folds itself. Ooh. I think is uh, another big brand, and and I saw a TV that you can roll. So pretty much is a. <clears throat> it's kind of like the um, you know the the the, the movie theater base and and speaker. Like, you know, like a Oh, the a TV screen board. rolls up into it, yeah. So, yeah, the TV, you saw that? Yeah. So that, this is nothing to do with the projection. I think this is an actual LCD screen that that just roll completely, and it just come out when you want it. I saw an autonomous wow. car that folds. What? No, <laughs> no really? <I'm> yeah. <laughs> so the TV screen is like a regular movie screen. It, it can retract and curl up. It's like a regular TV. It rolls up like okay. a... Yeah. Roll of toilet yeah. paper. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's cool. Like, I mean, they do a solar panel now that you can fold and and roll, and it's still like retain the the, the the solar cells. So I, I assume we're we're going there. We're gonna roll everything. Yeah, <gasps> car. Right, baby, roll it. No more parking yeah. issues. You just shrink the car. <laughs> Which you know, in your you know pocket. The other thing that I that I what? think I would like with the technology you're describing, because everything else that. Marco's uh, touching on here has some hardware technology screen display, mm. which let's let's face it, in two three years, eight K is not going to be enough, right? We need sixteen K or thirty two K, whatever that's going to be. So we're, we're going to have to talk about we're that. Gonna th way. We're going to throw this rolling TV piece of crap in the into the junkyard and let it disintegrate over a couple centuries. So your your technology, Diana, doesn't require a screen. Just throw it against the wall. Yeah. Right? So all of that waste. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's it sounds so futuristic to me that you now, now I just in my head just came out, you know, men in black when they pull out the little pen and erase your mm -hmm. memory. 
I'm kind of envisioning that could be your your TV that, that you carry around. Yeah. <laughs> it nice. nebulized you clearly. Nice, <laughs> nice. You forgot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, no, but that's that's the idea. I love that, Sean. So why why you have all this thing? I mean, TV has been going smaller and smaller and thinner and thinner, and and then all of a sudden, it's just in your hand. Very soon, it just be in your glasses. Well, yeah, that is, that's sort of great. That's the other way to go is you can make a very small projector that projects into a very wide screen or everybody just puts on glasses and, and watches that way. Um, I kind and, of like... Depending on where your eyes move and how you turn your head, you get a different view from the person sitting next to you or across the state from you. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? Because I feel like one of the things I like doing about watching shows or, or movies with someone else or with a group is, you know, those looks that you give each other when somebody does something crazy and you look over at each other and you're like, what? Together, but you don't say anything. You just say it with your eyes. And if we're all wearing our own glasses, how can we have that communication? Well, I, I think you can already do that with the iOS system where... Uh, on what was the the 15 that come out 14 i don't know i lost the number there but you you can sync watching a movie on your tv on your apple tv you're watching it at the same times with your friend remotely and i think you can talk to each other i don't know if i'm pushing this to the extreme but it's kind of like a a share experience for this of course it's not the same than be sitting but i get yelled all the time because I I, I kind of talked to her in the movie and like, oh, I think this is what is going to happen. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe you don't want to watch movies with me unless you really enjoy guessing what is going to happen next. <laughs> but yeah, that, that community, that social moment, uh, that that could that could go away. Yeah. Yeah, if you're all in the 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 VR glasses, you can't look at each other and give a you know exchange a glance or something oh, unless like that. unless you can still see the person sitting next to you through in vr yeah yeah oh, okay all right now you're right that would, that would work well, I, I think i think that's that's exactly why they want to go with this be at the at the concert be at the movie together without being together pretending to be dressed while you're in your underwear and your on your couch <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next level. Uh, of they manage the first person, third person. <laughs> I don't know. Looking don't at know. it versus being in it. I don't know. We need to invite some expert in in, in this kind of things and what what is possible in that. Um, I get this email many times, and I, I haven't talked to them about the use of holograms mm. for conference and you know just showing up on stage as an hologram. I think there there is this company. Um, doing this already I, I don't know I'm kind of curious to know a little bit more about that so that that's the next level of virtual reality I guess an hologram and um, and then we go to Star Trek and you need, Star three, Wars. You need 300 feet of distance to actually view the hologram <laughs> 300 <laughs> I'm joking well, of course I have no idea the projection might yeah. be 350 yeah yeah, I don't know. I, I think this year is going to be the year of a lot of these things, maybe really getting to the next level and really see if people do care or not. So, so that's here's, here's a question. That's a cool one. CES is a big thing. A lot of new mm. stuff either waits for or pushes hard for mm. release around this time. Do we, uh, I don't know if anybody pays attention or not, but do we see that as kind of like the driving force for a lot of new innovations and will things kind of taper off through the rest of the year and we have to wait till 2023 for big news big ticket items again you know i was thinking about that really quickly because number one i was very surprised that it it actually is happening mm. re considering everything has been um, me. you know yep virtual and the, you know the emmy and the world economic forum are RSA conference, many other things, even Sundance uh, Festival, it's going to be all virtual. So anyway, they decided to go on. I was reading an article this morning, very little people. Some they went because they already invested in the space, expo and all of that. And I was wondering just that, 
Sean, what you ask. And I, my answer is no. I don't think there is that we have to wait until the big event to unveil this. I think you lose an opportunity to be the first on the market. Um, so I don't know. I think nowadays that people just announce things when they're happening. I, I, I don't know if it's really that aha moment anymore. Cancel yeah. CES. It's not needed. Yeah. Screw it. <laughs> I mean, well, CES we were gonna is... go, right? So <laughs> we were gonna go, actually. And it's last it's... year. We talked about it. We didn't even discuss it this year. But... <laughs> no. And it, it's it's really consumer oriented. So I think that it, it makes sense if you're trying to sell a product to people that you wait until they're all going to be collected and going, oh, what's going to happen? But we know even consumer stuff comes out throughout the year, right? Apple has. Yeah, a couple of events. And then I think a lot of the really cool technical, think about the the breakthroughs we've been discussing, many of them over the past, the previous year, um, last year, a lot of them started in academia and with research projects, and then they drive forward innovation. So there's definitely innovation at CES, I mean, like this freestyle thing, which I'm excited to actually get a look at in person someday. But I think there's, there's 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 innovation going on all the time, especially researchers are you know, coming up with new ideas every day, right? Yeah, that, that and I think nowadays one year it's 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 a light year compared with what it used to be, right? So I feel mm -hmm. like you again you lose the opportunity to present something before the competitor, and uh, I mean you may lose an opportunity on the market, so. Yeah. And take take the hardware out of the equation, and with continuous development and integration, CDCI, you get it, even, and you don't even know you have the new whiz bang thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's no just been updated automatically for you. Phone now uh, has 4D VR. You didn't even know it. Oh yeah, I, I don't think we're honestly using, you know, even one hundredth of the power of our phones nowadays. Um, like our brain. I have no idea what is in there, but back in the Blackberry time, just like Sean, your brain. <laughs> exactly. But back on the Blackberry, you know exactly what you could do and not do. It was uh, Most, mostly what you couldn't do. Yeah. <laughs> mostly what you could. Uh, but you, you could email people for free from anywhere in the world, which was a good could do. Exactly. So was it really for free? You yeah. Were paid. No, yeah. it was it was free. Yeah. yeah, it was. It used to be that. So just it was bundled in the cost of the of the device. Yeah, yeah. it was it was email. I mean, because so it was text based email. I mean, we're not talking huge bandwidth here. Exactly. But yeah, no, it came with the BlackBerry. You got free yeah. email around. The I was actually playing last last night with the uh, with the. Uh, with the music quality that you can get nowadays, both from uh, Apple Music or, or other Tidal and other uh, apps, and you get the loosest, the loose uh, recording that mm. it's, it's crazy. I mean, if you have the right headset and you can get high fidelity music, you're getting a, a song that goes from, you know, three megabytes to like, 450 megabytes because you get all that uncompressed sound in it and i and i was thinking just that like <laughs> try to do like 20 years ago when you're on a dial-up right so right. we went from stretching everything make it compressed so we could consume it to now even the movie right we're streaming in 4k and sean you said 8k 16k and <laughs> so is that a nautic commodity anymore the the streaming that that or or, or is it still a, a cost that we we need to factor in yeah i mean it's it's a good point we've gotten much better at compression and we have bigger pipes thanks to things mm -hmm. like 5g but yeah. yeah it's true does that mean that we just it's it's as soon as we get a little bit more we push and we want more so i don't know maybe if we've got 32k is that a thing i feel like that <laughs> <laughs> like, is that too much? Like, can we see inside people's pores at that so, point? You have to. I, I don't know. That your eyes crack. <laughs> I, I have a TV. It's it's 4K, right? But he's also what four years old, I think, three years old. And 
And I was kind of like during the Black Friday, like, should we get a bigger TV at, that is better? And we yes. look at each other, we're like, I don't know. I really think it's really good <laughs> what we have. Do I need, do I see the difference on a, on a 8K? When, when is it you're going to draw the line that it doesn't really matter anymore? And I know, Diana, you may know this because you mentioned that you really like TV so much. So do, do you really see that? big difference you, you do but then yeah the question is do we need to, to i do have to say that when it gets to the point that i see especially on older movies when you can see people's pores and i mean nowadays they have makeup that really corrects for and i think that they do some post correction too when you get close-ups but you watch older movies and yeah i mean do i have to see it that you know inside of <laughs> the, the imperfection yeah i mean and they probably didn't, I don't think it was ever really intended that we were going to get that close with that high definition. So, but I suppose that as we get more definition, we'll do what we've done with the 4K and 8K, which is we just figure out how to make people look good, uh, even when they're on that incredibly high, oh, high definition. Now, now, now we're going in a completely different territory. <laughs> but Alter like Alterating people yeah. appearance. Let's just apply that filter. <laughs> and and yeah, do we need that magnification? Like, did you guys in science class? Do they show you about the bugs that live on your eyelashes? You know, they have like little territorial warfare on your eyelashes, and like if you get big enough magnification, there's a whole world that's different. Well, isn't that how they scare you in changing your mattress by showing you that <laughs> a the, bed bed, bug. the bed bug? <laughs> no, I don't I'm not that. sure. Maybe they were trying to scare us not to share makeup or something. I don't know why we had to look at the the eyelash bugs, but, but, but yeah, do, do we want to see our movie stars eyelash bugs? Because I think at 32 K we're probably at a resolution where we can magnify them. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. Maybe too much. Too, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I don't think I need that either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Sean, can I, can I just bring quickly, cause it's connected to this. So go for it. And then, then I, I'll, I'll leave you the space too for your news. So I, I found in the MIT Technology Review, there was a, a list of the worst technology of 2021. Ooh. And I was curious to see that. So there is stuff that we actually talked about. So you had about. to log in, give your your uh, email and password to <laughs> access the article. No, I actually give them money because okay. I support technology. <laughs> the technology review yes, a little bit. Um, so one was that Alzheimer drug. I think we we talked about it. That that, that it kind of got yes. given the okay for fifty six thousand four hundred dollar per dose, and then it turned out that it wasn't really much of a of an improvement, and people don't understand why FDI gave the approval to that. Then there was the Zillow House buying algorithm that yep. Diana you brought up. Yeah. And how the algorithm was kind of uh, uh, not considering what was it like the the market fluctuation <laughs> to telling them to buy and resell a house, so they they took a five hundred million write off in, in lost. So well, good for them. I guess they had it. And then <laughs> another one. I don't know how he made it in the bad technology of twenty twenty one, but it's ransomware. I. Mm -hmm. Not sure if that's a technology, but maybe conversation for another thing. Space tourism was one of the bad idea because you know everybody going to space, um, and we talk a lot about that with the uh, with the Virgin and uh, and the Blue Horizon and and all of that. So yeah. there was a critic for that. But then the last one is the beauty filters. And that's why I wanted to step oh. in and bring it up. So how, uh, you know, all these Instagram slash Facebook slash meta, whatever you want to call it, it's still the same. Are you entity. trying to say you don't believe it when you see me walking around with, with stars and rainbows? Stuck to me? <laughs> well, you know, I think stars and rainbow are really cool. I got, I actually got some apps that filters the GIF and because I want to do some NFTs. So get ready for that. But the, we're talking about the one that young teenagers, they actually resize the shape of their nose. Mm -hmm. the, the old feature 
change, right? And connecting yeah. to how we're going to filter the, the TV stars and stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty bad. That's, uh, you know, you make people look good on photos, but then uh, <laughs> what's the next step? You're going to do plastic surgery to look like the vision that you have of yourself. So I, I kind of want to mention that because I, I do agree that it's a, it's a bad technology. I think that one, it's, it's, it's a bad technology. And um, I don't know how we're going to stop it. I don't think we can, but people need to be educated on it. So what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't know when it, it sort of turned that somehow not looking perfect or showing signs of age suddenly became almost like a moral failing rather than just a reality. I and mean, look, some of us have really big pores and some people have noses that are differently shaped than other people's noses. And, and that's the way that the world works. And guess what? We all age. But we really have with these, these filters and people extremely distorting how they look, it, it sets up this bar. And if you don't meet it, it, it's almost like, well, you're not taking care of yourself or you're somehow not okay, there's something wrong with you. And I think that is really dangerous and depressing because, I mean, how we look is, is how we look. We shouldn't be walking around feeling terrible that we had a wrinkle or that, you know, we've got like a... And this is not just about aging. I mean, this is about the feature that you have yeah. when you're 13 years old. I mean, I wish I could go back Thin and lips. <laughs> be yeah. 13 years old, but, you know, um, yeah. So yeah. Sean, Sean, how do you look always so sharp? <laughs> what filter do you use? And the knife is sharp. <laughs> no, um, I mean this is this is a tough one because I, I don't know. I guess it, it depends, obviously, on what it's being used for, right? If you, I mean, we're, we talk a lot about virtual reality and augmented reality, so creating worlds that may look very similar, close to identical, but maybe more like we want that space to look like so we're we're augmenting mm. that already that's true so is it okay to kind of have a vision or a view or a curiosity to to be a certain way than than what we're initially created as i don't know that's all right for me it becomes a problem when we're trying to trick somebody by changing the appearance or or we start judging others because of the yeah. way they appear or don't appear. Uh, I think those, those two things, there may be others, but those are the first off the top of my mind that, that caused me to pause. But, but otherwise in, in fun and games, it's, I don't necessarily see a huge problem with it. Well, as long as it's fun and games and you, yeah. you are aware of it. And then... Somebody gets an eye out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then yeah, that pencil that you use for That's rolling right. the tape, it gets in your eyes. That's no fun anymore. It's, um, it's true. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between putting, you know, like bunny ears on your, your head, yeah. and, right? And that kind of filter and having fun with, oh, look, I'm, I'm a bunny and I have like cute bunny, bunny nose versus a, a, a young person feeling terrible about who they are because of their appearance, which is something that, Obviously, that's happened for decades and decades. When I, I remember when I was in, in high school in the late 70s, early 80s, there were some uh, women were getting nose jobs you know, in high school. So this mm. stuff's been around. People have been concerned about their appearance. But I feel like it's really getting very concentrated and reaching everybody because now you can go online and, and change your nose. And so people feel like they're sort of more different. You know, like well, especially when it doesn't even involve a decision of or the risk of surgery and the cost of surgery. And yeah. do you really need it? This is stuff that you get for free on, on tons of apps nowadays. Yeah. So it really okay. is, is a mass, you know, it's a problem that get multiplied by and even some of the streaming apps, right? There's there's a couple of the video conferencing apps where sometimes I'm being recorded through one and the, the camera person on the other side will say, oh, could you just hit that touch up my appearance that inside <laughs> Zoom? And I'm like, okay. That's very <laughs> yeah. And you're like, thank you very much, asshole. <laughs> Are you saying I look tired today? You look worn down and run out. 
<laughs> oh god, god, god. <laughs> well this is a conversation and and, and i'm gonna the one i wanted to bring up in a podcast on his own it's the the virtual influencers or the, the virtual models because some companies are starting to use those like they're pretty much artificially created avatars and and characters that at that point you just make them do and look whatever they want but then again Mm. That's not a real person. So that's a conversation for for another time. But I'm very intrigued by it. Is it not I'm a real person? By that, it's is, is that AI art, not real art, Marco? Oh, well, that's another conversation as well. So <laughs> we touch to interaction in society. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get excited about it. But I'm curious. You got 50 minutes to talk about loaded over. We have 10 minutes, right? Or overloaded. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think we're, we're, we've talked for 50 minutes. There you go. So. Yeah, that's, that's, it's going minutes. up down the, that uh, I got, mark going up. I got, I, got the, I got the glass half full. Right, now now it's 51 minutes I have. Look at this. Hey, the Diana, longer I Diana, wait, the more keep time talking. I get. Diana, keep talking. Like, keep a rose in this time. We just know. have to add time for Sean by letting the clock go. Yes, he, he's the one controlling the clock, so he can. All right, so I'll do my best. This is it's a lengthy piece, so uh oh, uh -oh. yeah, and I I don't know that there's much answer in here. It's more of a thought provoking, and it's something I I like to uh, <clears throat> like to talk about anyway. So Canadian couple, they they had an electrical vehicle. They bought a new one. Um, their electrical charger got stolen, so they needed a new, to buy a new device. They decided to move from a level one to a level two, which uh, level two evidently requires more load, so they had to upgrade their panel. And as the contractor was upgrading their panel, they realized that the, the source to the house uh, wasn't going to hold load mm. appropriately, so they had to dig a new new line to the the neighborhood source and as the that source was connected up they basically said you're lucky you got in early uh because if five more neighbors do the same that transformer is not going to hold up and <laughs> if this neighborhood goes all electrical vehicles this region power network is going to hit the crapper yeah <laughs> and, yeah. and the planet is going to explode Right. Pretty much. <laughs> <Is it kinda laughs> like, okay. That's a bit of a leap, but let's see where it's going. This no, it's like you know That's expanding. Right. And when this planet all has electrical cars, <laughs> we take off for the Wump World. That's yeah, right. and then the solar system started having. Sorry. So, so my question <laughs> is that this dance between the the desire to use more sustainable technologies that then overtax the current infrastructure because in canada according to the stats in this article there they they've already risen from 460 electrical vehicles back in 2011 to over 53,000 in 2020 and the government has a mandate that every new car sold by the year 2035 will be electric. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's estimated that uh, half a million cars will be running around in Ontario and uh, over half in British Columbia by 2030. So I, I look at this scenario of one household and the neighborhood and I don't know how we can sustain a, a grid. Now that's Canada. I don't know if I presume the U.S. and other parts of the world have similar challenges. Um, one one topic or idea presented in this article is to kind of distribute power. So most people charge at home, and that's because mm. spots to charge are limited. So one idea is to make. Uh, what is it here? They say, I can't find the stat. I don't know. Some large percentage, 45% or something like that of parking spots will have built-in chargers. That's the mm -hmm. idea. 
and that they would distribute charging stations throughout neighborhoods, presumably through through new infrastructure or something, so that it's not taxing the residential grid itself. Maybe there's new new lines with new new uh, charging stations. So I'm gonna leave it at that because I, I think power has always been a thing, and that's that's just cars. I mean, we're talking about te televisions and headsets and and more devices and more computers and I don't know to do this podcast. I'm running a few electrical devices just to make it work. There's more stuff coming, right? And powers to me is kind of the, the place where it all bottlenecks in, in the grand scheme of things. So I'm wondering that the specifically to this article, how, how do we manage the dance between promoting the use of sustainable technologies and having the infrastructure prepared to handle that when the promotion actually works. Yeah, it's interesting because in security, we're always looking at what are the dependencies of the interconnectedness because failure to understand legacy constraints can lead to unexpected failures in the system in another area. So we're constantly trying to think holistically, if I do this, what's going to happen over there? And, and application programmers do this a lot too. It's like the butterfly effect. You, you change one part of the code, but it has some unexpected uh, consequence in another part of the application or the functionality. So I think this is kind of that same thing, but re really, really large. If we focus on gasoline for cars is bad, let's make all electric cars without also thinking, well, what's the cost for the 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 rare um, the rare metals and and the, the batteries? How do we dispose of the battery? How do we make the batteries? And uh, you know, how do we charge these cars? How, what's going to be the impact on the electrical grid? All of these things are so interconnected, but we're solving one problem without understanding its space within this complex system. So yeah, gas cars bad, get electrical, but. That's, as you were pointing out, Sean, if in 2035, it's possible that Canada may not be able to have a grid that supports all of those electric cars, even if they spread them out. Hopefully they will, like with Y2K, right? We saw that coming early enough and, and steered everybody out of the, the skid there. And, and it wasn't as bad. It was barely a big problem at all. But so, so maybe by it's people are starting to kind of think about this. But I think if we don't, if we just keep looking at solving problems atomically rather than as part of this very large complex system, especially with energy and energy use, that we could be in for some unpleasant surprises. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm, so, I, so I moved from, from a place where everybody drove and most most folks had EVs mm. and uh, now I'm in a place where nobody drives pretty much and there are no EVs because there's nowhere to charge it on the street. Mm. No, no parking garages or no, no personal garages. And I, I haven't been in a public garage to see how many charging spots there are, but I can't imagine many. So, I mean, even just that in, in, big city type environments how, how do we deal with it too? so here, yeah. here this is a big topic but big topic we we always when we try to look at the bad side of things especially with energy renewable energy you know there, there is a lot that need to be rethink and i feel like we went on the wrong path and you know it's the same system of oh you got gas station but then you're using the gas for when you're refilling the gas station, it's not that the gas station get the gas straight from the from the from the ground, right? I mean, you mm. have this big truck <laughs> that use gas oil well in the back. <laughs> exactly, they have this gas that they deliver there, and so there is always like it. You know, how do you reach that famous net zero? I think that's the big question yeah. mark. So even in your case. Yeah. The first thing that come in my mind is, well, if the old neighborhood started putting solar panels and all of that, then you, you may have all the energy that you need. That, you know, the greed, what would blow my mind right now with all the, all the steps taken by many countries of 
giving incentive for electric cars and solar panel and all of that. But let's talk about electric cars. How is that all the gas stations that you have around the country right now, why, why are they not jumping on turning that infrastructure that they have into be fast charging mm. electric resources? Because why is, is it Tesla fast charging? That's the question. <laughs> what do you mean? Is it fast enough charging? Is it quick enough to? Well, it's uh, getting there. want to sit 30 minutes at a gas station while they charge. Well, you know, there, there's people were talking about swapping batteries in 10 minutes or oh, so. Yeah. There are like faster charger that it's not what you can have at home, but if you get the, you know, certain superpower charger, as you say, you know, level one, level two, level three, you know, you you may just be able to charge your car much faster. Maybe you fast you you charge it more often. So you, know, you go to to the parking lot and you go to buy grocery and you charge in 10, 15, 20 minutes your car so that, you know, you kind of kept keep it to a certain level. So I don't know. It's it's a cultural change, I think, that, that, that we need to we look at. It's a good point. If every time we stop at the grocery store, if there were chargers everywhere, you know, stop anywhere, then and it could go fast. I, I although those five minutes can really matter because I was taking a lift once back back in the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> taking a lift from Redmond to SeaTac, and it was an EV that the lift driver was driving, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you had to go to SeaTac," and he's like, "We have to pull over." And he had to charge the car for 10 minutes, which at that moment I had cut it a little bit close to get to the airport. So there's 10 yeah. minutes really, they were nail biters. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely the, the case. It's funny. But, I was, I was, as you were telling your story about the, uh, the radio, the, the, the tape player slowing down and duh, duh, <laughs> duh, duh, that, that doesn't duh. happen with the cars. It just, <laughs> I think it just stops. Right. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. No yeah. I know. Just, oh, you're out of juice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, now it's not a bad idea to, until the greed gets to where it needs to be, to, to have the an hybrid situation, but not an hybrid that it's half and half. It actually, there are cars that you run completely EV for, let's say, 50, 100, whatever it is, miles, and then you still have a tank of gas. You for, strap a Mophie to the top. <laughs> Well, just that's that another is, good question. That, Why not a, having a solar panel on the car? Still, yes, the that's a that's a tech. So, the, like some of the tech that's being looked at is is basically a skin that would go over the entire right. car that would be photovoltaic and also um, smart roads. So roads that yes. could transfer energy to the car as the car that they absorb the sunlight and then can transfer mm -hmm. the energy. So yeah, I kind of I get it. I get worried that we won't develop solutions fast enough, but I also get really excited to see what gets developed. It, it, it depends on what day it is. You know, sometimes I'm like, we're going to solve all these problems and it's going to be so cool. And other times I'm like, oh, oh, maybe not. We, we are in that growing pain moment yeah. I think, yeah. now where where this this reflection, like this thinking, Sean, that you brought up, it, like I, I think it's it's important. It's yeah. Designing well, that's kind of why I brought it with me. net zero in mind instead of mm -hmm. kind of security, you know, security by design instead of patching it after. Exactly. And the whole system, thinking the about the system and the dependencies. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the reasons I brought this because there weren't any compelling elements in this in this article to say we have this, we have the answer. But to your point, Diana, there's, there's a lot of things going on. So hopefully, somebody yeah. listening may have some some ideas or or information perhaps they could share with us and we can dig dig a little deeper in some what some of those technologies are yeah and i guess this is a good time sean as we're closing up to, yeah, to my battery's Indiana. running out yeah, my, my internet my... went out for a second there but it then <laughs> reconnected we, we didn't realize it you had a backup uh, resiliency resiliency <laughs> right there uh no if, if someone is an expert or knows an expert that somebody has a good opinion on all the stuff that we blab about we will love to have it as a as a guest on the show and yeah. uh and we can make an entire an entire episode talking about that i'll be very very happy to do so but um 
apart from that, that was the first episode of the year. I'm really excited that we're still carrying this on and having fun. <laughs> I hope the I hope the audience is is enjoying. It. I know some. And if are. you're not, who cares? And if you're not, you know, <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen to Joe Just Rogan. I don't know. Like it's your, it's your call. I'm not going to. Nah, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. We appreciate everyone listening. Yes. Of course, those two people and my mom listening right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> My dogs are listening. That's yeah. right. Mine too. Mine too. Uh, it was great. It was great to be yep. on again and episode number 31. And you know what? Of... Same time next week. Absolutely. Same time next week. Yeah. For sure. The uh, the tech news that gets us excited or makes us think at least, depending yeah. on the, the topic. I'm thinking. Ergo soon. thinking. <laughs> right on. I appreciate all of you. Thank all you. right. Happy 2022. We're off and rolling. And with that, so I'm going to roll the tape. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. enjoyed this episode of through the tech vine podcast if you learned something new and this podcast made you think then share itspmagazine.com with your friends family and colleagues if you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations sponsor one or more of our podcast channels we hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey you can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.